Oh, there we are. The disco version of Star Wars theme to bring in, Steve. Um, it's your song, I'm sure. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> they're, do, they're doing a, a live um, orchestral um, play along with Star Wars next week in yeah, uh, the Cultural so Centre. So not going to be there. And I, I just thought it would be your thing. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Rack man enough, eat your heart out. <laughs> it's Thursday morning. And that means it is Steve in the house, and uh, I guess we're all building up to the uh, to the big brackets non-event. The word you're looking for is, is frenzied excitement <laughs> of the budget. A frenzied excitement because next next <laughs> Wednesday, the twenty eighth of February, prepare stand by to be underwhelmed. Yes. So uh, um, I will now give the budget speech um, because I, uh, poor old Paul Chan, who apparently is the financial secretary, this sort of jumped up bookkeeper, who every time you look at him, you, he looks surprised to be where he is. And with good reason, may I say. Yeah, uh, I don't know. He just, he just fell into that job for he, some reason, didn't he? What was yeah, that about? Well, he was one of C.Y. Learn's three mates. <laughs> and, and the other two had already got jobs. So he sort of looked at him. He goes, can you use a character? He goes, sometimes, yeah. Financial secretary, arise. Oh, boom, boom. Yes, now he's been very um, <clears throat> um, legend in his own lifetime. Mm. Yes. Mm. So anyway, mm. he's mm. going to stand up and he's going to say, we have made mm. an astonishing achievement. The, the, the surplus in the budget this year is squillions of dollars over what we estimated. Mm. I mean, last year it was eight times what they'd estimated. This year it's probably going to be that. They say that the budget surplus is going to be something like, they say, this is experts say. Mm. So, listener, remember that. Experts have said this, so it must be it true. It must be true. And they've said that the, the, the budget surplus could be up to $180 billion. The extraordinary thing about this is every year, the government gets its estimates staggeringly wrong. Mm. And they go, this is a great achievement. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great achievement. We've completely underestimated where, where, what the outturn of the budget is going to be. And you know what? <laughs> There's no flies on us. We can do this year after year. And <laughs> we're really good at this. So, you know, anyway. You'd think they'd learn from last year, wouldn't you? Or the, or, year, or before, the year before, or the maybe. Year before that, yes, yeah. or maybe forever. Yeah. Mm. I mean, what, what, and, and it's not rocket science because these great budget surpluses are generated by, oh, that's right, government policy. Mm. They, mm. They, they're almost entirely down to the, um, the stamp duties and, 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 and associated um, trivia um, connected to, to land sales, uh, to property sales. Well, this is basically a consequence of government policy. So, you know, there's, not a, there's nothing unpredictable about this. If, if Paul Chan, bless him, was the only person last year who didn't know that Hong Kong's property market was red hot and prices were rising, he must live in a wonderful little cocoon all of his own because everybody else and their dogs this is the year of the dog. I won't have anything bad said about dogs. Would have been well aware that 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 um, revenues from property sales would have been pretty damn high last year, as as they are at the moment, because the property market is still staggeringly, staggeringly hot. Incidentally, talking of which, you you kind of know why the 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 government uh, budgets are so poor. One of the advisors came up this week with a brilliant suggestion, because honestly. Don't you think it's time that we did something for property developers? I mean, you know... I mean, all these years they've been suffering. They have been... They have the, suffered. They're the neglected story of Hong Kong. 
So he comes up with this scheme. He goes, oh, no, no. Yeah, it's big budget service. Oh, ha, 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 ha. I've got a way of ha, 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 doing this. What we're going to do is we're going to give mortgage subsidies to first-time buyers. And you think, well, that's good. Mm. Oh, mm. but what does that actually do? Oh, that's right. It pushes up property prices, prices because it makes people who can't afford the ludicrous prices at the moment makes them affordable. So the first thing a property builder goes, oh, they're now affordable. Let's push them up a bit more. Now, there's nothing wrong with helping people getting onto the property ladder, but only somebody who is as stupid mm. as a government advisor could actually suggest this would be a way of spending the public's money on these subsidised mortgages, boosting property prices, and, you know, it, it's a self-defeating scheme that could only have come from the government. Nobody with half a brain would have looked at that scheme and said, you must be joking, son. <laughs> You are not. Sis. He's a professor, incidentally. So you know. I think that sometimes I think that we think that those people that are in government are some amazing, incredible, um, educated people that are so far above us that they know about all how these things work. That's certainly a view. That's certainly <laughs> that's, a view. That's a view, isn't it? <laughs> and then sometimes we come crashing down to earth and we realise that not just in Hong Kong, to be fair, um, governments all over the world, they're actually people that are almost dragged in off the street to suddenly, oh, well, you could do that job. Yeah. You know, or, 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 and they or, don't necessarily have yeah. any expertise. Well, it, I mean, the, the, the problem with Hong Hong Kong is, you know, most governments, when they, where most chancellors of the checker or finance secretaries or, or whatever they're called, when they deliver their budget, um, they're dealing with great deficits. You mm -hmm. know, the United States has, has a deficit bigger than the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, most European countries have enormous deficits. The Hong Kong government is swimming in money. And it's given the delusion of the people who administer the budget that somehow they're brilliant mm. because of this. Now, one of the reasons that Hong Kong has reserves literally, literally counted in the trillions, and it's an absolute disgrace that all this money is just sitting there doing nothing at all. Well, that's not quite true because quite a lot of it is financing American debt. But, you know, hmm. Hong Kong was born to finance American <laughs> debt. But no, it, it's a disgrace that there is all this money. It's because the, the people who run the administration think they're very clever hmm. uh, in accumulating all this cash. And they, they basically don't want to spend it on tackling the enormous problems. Well, I mean, look, look. And the look. obvious problems. Though. Well, look, look, look at where we are today. There's a flu epidemic in Hong Kong. The public sector medical services didn't buy enough flu vaccine. Why didn't they buy it? Because that's not the sort of thing that the government has money for. What is the situation in affluent Hong Kong? One in five people in Hong Kong live below the poverty line. Mm. And the government's answer to that is, oh, yes, that's, um, that's interesting. Now, what about um, the next um, uh, cocktail party we have to attend? You know, I mean, honestly, this is a living disgrace in Hong Kong. They won't talk about a universal pension scheme. They won't talk about, well, well sorry, they did talk about some sort of um, universal Healthcare insurance, but you know, as soon as the the vested interest said, "Oh, we're not going to make much money out of that," they said, "Oh, well, okay, we won't do that then." Um, next, you know, I mean, Hong Kong is is the original definition of J.K. Calbraith's, you know, um, <laughs> public scholar, private. Um, uh, what was what was that term? Public scholar and um, in a sea of private. Um, 
lavishness or whatever yeah. it was. But anyway, yeah. I mean, this, this is where we are. So, you know, if, if you're rich in Hong Kong, the government will always look after you. You'll have advisors who think up new schemes to keep property developers happy. You'll have an administration who says, oh, we can't do universal pensions because... <laughs> I mean, I've I- never heard, incidentally, a coherent reason why Hong Kong doesn't have a universal pension scheme. Well, I don't think there is one, is there? I there mean, isn't. Th- th- well, you've got... No, instead, instead, in de- I mean, this is, just tells you, these cockamamie people, what did they do when it was originally proposed? They said, I'll tell you what, we'll have this mandatory provident fund. This was the ticket to ride mm. for investment banks who said, my God, this bunch of suckers, let's have them. <laughs> they went for it. So they said, you know, you're going to force people to invest in these funds. We're going to charge them through the nose. We're not going to make much return. But, you know, and then government says, well, we have the MPF, you know, that's uh, that's performing. You know, this year, the MPF funds by rose by an average of 22%. I mean, you can't complain about that. Actually, you can. The Hong mm. Kong stock market went up 36% mm. last year. So to have achieved a 22% rise before you've taken off all the stuff that they've taken off, that's not exactly a, a great result. Most years, people's MPF funds actually dip below mm. rather than dip above or rise above um, where they were the year before. So, you know, I mean, that, that's a cockamamie scheme brought in to keep the big banks and investment companies happy. <sighs> I mean, it's it's breathtaking what the government won't do to protect its own people. Is it still because, um, you know, those people in government tend to rise up through the civil service and frankly haven't got much knowledge of of how um, things commercial are done out there at all? Well, there's that. And there's also, there's a new book um, by, um, what's his name, Talib? Um, uh, It's called Skin in the Game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and what he's, I think his name is Nassim Talib, he's an interesting man, who, who who sort of says, you know, one of the problems with governments is that the people who make decisions have no skin in the game. That's mm-hmm. why, for example, you've got a whole generation of government leaders now who've never been at war. They've never had their mm-hmm. children go to war. So, you know, when they say, oh, we're going to bomb the hell out of um, so-and-so, they actually have no idea. They have no idea means. about the impact on either side, right? And, and of course, mm. they have no experience of it. Well, mm. this is the same with the Hong Kong Civil Service. They live in the, the senior levels. They live in subsidised housing. They have pensions. Oh, boy, do they have pensions, you know. So they're actually entirely taken care of. We're all right, And they're, Jack. Telling, they're telling the rest mm. of the population, well, you know, you've got to tighten your belts. Oh, you never know. Bad times may come around. Oh, you've got to be hot. <laughs> but, you know, they have no skin in the game because they have guaranteed jobs for life. They have lavish pensions. While they're in work, they, they either live in government accommodation or they have subsidised mortgages to buy accommodation for themselves. You know, they live in a totally different world. And they, they, they have contact with reality. You know, they go to district offices and they see, oh, Mr. Wong, is everything all right? And you're just, oh, yes, very good, very good, Secretary. Well, you know, thanks to your brilliance and your, your, your very fine leadership, things are really going well. Well, that's very good, Mr. Wong. Any problems? Well, you know, maybe, maybe the windows need cleaning. Well, windows cleaning, we'll, we'll make that a priority for next year. <laughs> 
I may be exaggerating, <laughs> but I don't think a lot. <laughs> oh, I don't think you are. And then, again, I, I think it's it's particularly bad in Hong Kong, but then, you know, governments around the world have suffered this problem, don't well, they? Well, the, 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 the whole point is that in, in other systems, mm. the, the entrenched interests of bureaucracy are mitigated, and I don't want to say nice things about politicians, but they are mitigated by people who have to run for election, mm. genuinely have to run for election. They do so, have to prove themselves. So not only do they have to prove themselves, but they do actually have to mm. get their hands a bit dirty. They do have to go out there. And then you've got the usual dimension. Well, elections are all you know, how come Donald Trump was elected? Well, yes, it's not a perfect system. If you want perfection, you know, go and I I, I don't know, um, yes. <laughs> go and live in heaven. But you know, of, of course the political system isn't perfect, but it is a balancer. In Hong Kong, you don't have these balances. You have the, the, the bureaucrats are essentially also the decision makers and they say, oh, we've brought in this new rafter of political appointees, you know, people with the absolute erudition and brilliance of Paul Chan, you know, bloke has been keeping books all his life. I mean, you know, the level of people they brought in mm. on top of the civil service, of course, they're not elected, they're pure appointees, they're mates and mates. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with... with somebody's mate i mean some of my best friends are mates but you know i, I don't think i'd appoint them to top government jobs so what well, do we i'm not in a position to do that what do we think next week then what's our prediction so, so our prediction is that he'll say that he's got the um the budget thing wrong and then he'll he'll, he'll roll out and say oh, we've got lots of money lots of money we, we need a scheme to promote technology um uh, preferably connected with the one belt one road so we'll we'll have endless schemes. I mean, last year, for mm. example, mm. Um, this is a complete. Um, well, they they gave. Hang on, I've, I've written it down here, so it must be true. Oh, mm. that's right. They they indicated ten billion dollars. The trouble is, when you talk about these things, you know, ten billion dollars. That doesn't sound a lot. Well, you know, if you've got ten billion dollars in your back pocket, you'd certainly feel the difference. Let me say mm. that to you. Mm. They mm. they anyway they in. A, they, they, they allocated $10 billion, this is just in one year, for something called innovative and technological development. And you go, oh, boy, that's, uh, oh, oh, that's, uh, that's, that's quite a lot of money. What did mm. that go to? Mm. Well, I'll give you uh, an example of, of what that went to. Some of that went to conducting um, uh, these, what they, what they call, I don't call them, film shows and fashion shows in the mainland to promote Hong Kong's technological and creative industries. Now that the, film shows and fashion shows in the mainland, yes, yes, promote technology. Yes, wow. gosh. Well, that that's all right. It it, mm. it, it only took up about hundred million dollars. I mean, it's small change Nothing. to you and me. Nothing. I mean, you spend that on your tea, don't I you? I do. I yes. already did this morning. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. So, I mean, you know, the problem is when they got all this money, they feel that somehow they've been very clever, and mm. they can, you know, therefore. They, they know how it's done. You know, they don't. They have no idea. They, they, you know, they say, oh, you know, we, we set up the, um, um, the cyber port and, you know, and, uh, it's got lots of buildings and... Science park. You, you, you know, the science park. Oh, even more buildings. In fact, we're expanding the science. It's been so successful. We're expanding it. And you actually look at what it is. Hmm. What is cyber port? luxury property development with a shopping mall with what? no shops in with no shops well they're, they're, you, you see you're just a pedant you're just a pedant <laughs> you think that a shopping mall should have shops in <laughs> well, we we know otherwise it has a cinema though it does it does I, have a cinema i have been there You've, i've been there as well yes, it's yes. quite jolly that yes, cinema. It's, quite, it's half quite empty so it's really nice to, you can always get a ticket steve burns T is with tip us tip to the listener we'll be back after the <laughs> 
talk about wrangling with technology this morning. Uh, we love this Facebook Live stuff, but it um, doesn't yeah. always go quite to plan. You're an expert on this, I, aren't you? I, I am an expert. You should have consulted me. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just add you on on uh, Facebook, Steve. Uh, whatever that means, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Is that good or bad? Is that good or bad? It's a good question. <laughs> it's increasingly bad, I think. Is oh, the I see, yes. No, I, I'm, I'm, I've taken the pledge on all of them social media things. I'm you on now. love it. I'm on now. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that one, actually. <laughs> now.com, right? Yes, yeah. now.com. It's, it's a new app developed in the science <laughs> park with government funds. Your favourite show, Back Chat, we were talking this morning about uh, um, Disney. Yes. And what uh, what is going on with Disney and uh, is it losing a lot of money? What, who should be picking up the bill? How should it be changed? All that kind of stuff. Yes. What, all, do, we, all, what do we the, think? Well, so now here, here we go again. Um, Disney does the Disney, not the Disney company because of course they don't lose money, but the Disney theme park in Hong Kong uh, dropped $345 million in the, the they've just announced that that was for last year the year before stellar result they only lost 171 million dollars the year before that they lost 148 million dollars so the the park's been in operation for nine years it's um made losses in six of those nine years so according to myself that's a two-thirds of the time it's been operating it hasn't made money now the figures they give you of mm. course don't tell you the story because mm. we don't actually see the figures we don't oh. see so they i mean it's bad enough that that ostensibly losses of 345 million have been mm. lost but i mean um in the agreement that was signed by mickey mouse um on behalf of the hong kong government remember that was the agreement that said to the disney corporation it doesn't matter whether you make a sue on this theme park you Every year, boys, you boys you'll will come out. You'll get your... Yeah. So they get, they get management fees every year. Oh. They get royalties. They get various other commissions. So even if the Hong Kong taxpayer, that would be, unfortunately, you and me, mm. uh, are stung with a loss year after year, back there in, in, uh, in California, the Disney Corporation gets out the till and pops the money in because they make money every single year out of this project. Mm. How much they make, we're not allowed to know that. Mm. Now, you know, no other place on Earth runs a nationalised Disneyland. So, you know, in, in most Disneylands... Um, they see the full results in... Well, they don't, actually, because uh, Disney Corporation doesn't break them out. But, you know, when it's, when it's private money, it's funny how. Mm. They, there's a great... Uh, sorry, a much greater concentration on actually making these things commercially viable. Here, it's loss-making. Incidentally, the Hong Kong taxpayer, because we just haven't paid enough, we're about to put in another $5.45 billion into this project because as they say you know when you're down a hole the only way to do is keep digging deeper so they they, they say oh we need more attractions otherwise you know we'll never make a profit out of this thing so so the the suckers in the hong kong say, oh, how much do you need we're going to negotiate really toughly uh did you say 5.5 no 5.49 and that's our bottom line we're not budging <laughs> no they're they're they're, they're fabulous people uh, I mean, I sort of, in, a, in an odd way, though, feel a bit sorry for Disney. because I, I, it, I, Not because they're not making money. They're making packets of money. Got, got that. But 
it's kind of not their fault. They did a commercial negotiation back in the day, and as you just said, the government. But it's not their did fault. What it did. I mean, look, look they, 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 they were looking commercially. They, they were looking. Well. They were looking after their shareholders. Yeah, uh, and, and you know, they wanted to maximise the profit. I don't blame them for that. I blame mm. the government for being such a bun- bunch of suckers. So, do you remember at the time when um, the, <laughs> the um, when Disney was hawking round the idea of of, of you know doing what they did in Hong Kong. They tried to to sell the same deal in Australia and the state premier at the time said, Well, this is a deal that only Goofy would have picked up. So they go oh, I don't remember that one. That's that's just, that's so they go, Oh, let's go to Hong Kong. <laughs> Goofy must be in, in he must be in uh, in residence there. So, you know, I mean the, the whole scheme was implausible to begin with. I mean, it's it seems like bi- like a big scheme, but of course, in terms of Disney theme parks, it's tiny. Mm. I mean, it's, it's, it is, and it's it, one of the smallest ones. I think it is the smallest it? one actually. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the, the the new Shanghai one, for example, is much bigger than this one. The Paris one is much bigger. The Tokyo one is much bigger. And of course, the American ones are much bigger. So you know, it, it was implausibly small to begin with, um, and. Everything, every premise that was made was was bonkers. You know, it would increase tourism. Well, it doesn't seem to have done that. In fact, the latest results, the ones we've just seen, show that that there's fewer tourists going and more locals going to to the theme park. There's nothing wrong with locals going to the theme park. But, you know, if you sell it as something that that is the major tourist attraction of Hong Kong. I remember um, interviewing Mike Rouse, who's the guy who who negotiated this deal on on, uh, a sister rthk program the pulse and he said to me well you know you're 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 you're, you're saying uh this this thing is a failure tell me of any other project that's generated millions of visitors so i said to him people going to the cinema and he looked at me as if i was completely mad i said yes the difference is that they go to cinemas all over hong kong there's no government money involved and they go there every day so you know um your mentality is you have to have a whacking great big project, one big project, and that will solve all problems. Mm. It just mm. doesn't. I mean, even Ocean Park, which is entirely state-owned, I mean, it's bonkers. Free Enterprise Hong Kong seems to think that the, the government seems to think they're the only people who can run theme parks. Now, Ocean Park is also loss-making. I think last year it managed a loss smaller than Disney's. But the point about Ocean Park at least is that they're not you know, paying fees and royalties to, uh, to, 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 to somebody mm. else. Mm. So, you know, the government's got to get out of a business that it's patently, completely hopeless at doing. There are far more useful ways <coughs> of spending the public money. I mean, In they fact, keep on keep on pumping money into Ocean Park. I walked past it uh, the weekend, and they're yeah, building up that new, massive new, hotel. The, the, well, that will that's opening. They've got new attractions mm. there. I mean, you know... It's, theme parks aren't my sort of thing, so I don't know. But they are obviously some people's sort of thing. But the point is that why is it that in most capitalist countries they're run privately? I don't understand why Hong Kong has to have nationalised theme parks. It's, mm. it's you know this is Hong Kong that can't have a universal pension pension scheme, but can have nationalised theme parks. Just explain the logic of that to me. So, you know, if you wanted to use these squillions and squillions of dollars to attract tourism, I've got a, I've got a very good idea. Every tourist who arrives in Hong Kong is handed 200 bucks to spend. Mm. Do you know what? Mm. That would be cheaper. <laughs> and actually, it would be spent. I mean, that's the strange thing. It would go back in. It, it would yeah. go back. You send, you send to mm. everybody. You know, they go to immigration, they queue up. 
<laughs> their passport drop and says, here's $200. Can you imagine? People would walk out of immigration with little smiles on their faces and they would go out and spend it. They might not spend it on a centralised government project. I know that. Heaven forbid. Mm. They'd just go into a shop and maybe mm. a restaurant or a cafe and use it. But, you know, I mean, I'm not really seriously suggesting this, but I'm just saying it would actually be cheaper than the the investment. Remember, the losses we're talking but, but about don't include... Oh, long-term, long-term investment. Uh, planning for the future, long-term I believe. For planning the for the future, I believe, is, is, is the chosen terminology here. <coughs> we are planning for the future. It return. Yeah, our in... return. Well, I mean, you know the bridge to nowhere... <laughs> No, 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 not the bridge to nowhere. Uh, the, the the railway line, the, you know, the railway line that goes where you don't want it to go. Mm. The new high-speed rail that takes you to the wrong part of Guangzhou, so you then have to spend your way trying to get on the taxi to go to the actual bit of Guangzhou that you want to. And by the time you've yes. done both of that, it takes longer than it would have done if you use the existing through train service, which will still be operating. And if I go to Guangzhou, I will certainly be using it. Interesting it goes aside, where you want to go. I was on the airport express, and, oh. and as you do sometimes, occasionally, you do have to do these things. And they were... They're playing a commercial and remember this is mtr yes. um, airport express and they're they're playing a commercial which says um how much better the new um high-speed link, high speed will, link be will be compared yes. to the existing <laughs> mtr line yes 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 what? yeah I'm, I'm, i've seen that actually uh, that's an interesting i mean, but but they're saying you know they've been asked in legco you know when when will it make profit they go well you know certainly within 25 years i'm thinking gosh that's um, <laughs> and also i like the word certainly <laughs> mm, mm. All of these projects just just won't make money. I mean, you the, this this is one thing you know, no no possibility of contradiction. We're going to talk Spring Festival in just a moment. <laughs>
Olson, who is... Uh, uh, so the financial secretary, is it? Yeah, I think it's... Attuned to him. Yes. <laughs> uh, that is Breathe and Jack Stone's Nina Rolson. She's Norwegian. Yeah, not many of those on, on, on RTHK Radio uh, 3. We, we don't do a lot of that. No, it's true. It's true. Let's is that talk... discrimination against Norwegians, it do you think? It probably yes. is. We probably should have a Norwegian programme. I think so. And I'm going to suggest it to Jim. In fact, if you could write to feedback at RTHK. I will. HK, I will. That's my... my I, 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 enough discrimination against Norwegians. I think so. <laughs> Let's talk about the um, CCTV Spring Festival Gala, which is this big event, right? For those people who don't know, it's this, this big TV, Mega TV event, thing, yes. um, uh, which every year uh, at the Spring Festival. and Squillions um, of viewers. Yeah, I mean, it it's, it's <laughs> dominates TV viewing across the mainland, doesn't it? And um, what have they done with it this year? Well, this year, uh, I mean, it's the usual format. It's song, dance, and, and blah, blah, blah. But the, the, they decided to have a segment in it deploying uh, Africans, black people. Okay. And uh, they decided um, that, 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 you know, they would do it in the crudest racist terms possible. So, first of all, they black up Chinese actors. You know, this is the sort of thing that if you did it on television practically anywhere else in the world people go are you sure you really want to do it? well it uh, sort of it sort of did happen 30 40 years ago yes, with things it, like the black and white minstrel yeah, show and al jolson you but know that was but we're all, talking we're a talking ago, a long right? time ago hmm. so and then they, they then of course they're stupid you know no racist stereotype was spared big bums the artificial big bums on on female actresses i mean almost really? almost <gasps> unbelievable unbelievable vile racist tripe oh my goodness now and and you know the they then had various people within the mainland protesting about this on okay. social network guess what happened to their posts funny that I, what what posts they weren't it's hard to say because they were all taken down as you say so you know i mean what is so well, I mean, let's start with the obvious. It's objectionable, it's mm. obnoxious, and it shouldn't mm. have happened, number one. But the, 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 the interesting thing is China is making this enormous play now as the responsible international player in the world. It has a big, big investment in, in enhancing its influence in the continent of Africa. Indeed. Um, you know, more, it's, than, it, more than it, almost anywhere else. Yes, it's the biggest investor in, in, in I don't know how many African countries now. A lot of Chinese <coughs> technicians and officials are sent over to these countries. Yet back home, 
this racist portrayal of Africans, or, or, or I, I would say black people in general. And I mean, you know, people say, well, you know, they don't mean anything by it. And I'm thinking, God, we're not going to have that sort but, of old racist apologias yes. coming up again. Isn't you know, it just ignorance? Is it just ignorance? You know, I mean, it's just a bit of fun. Don't take it seriously. Mm. I mean, you know, that kind of ghastly apologia for racism, I think, has sort of been discredited now. We can put it to bed. It's extraordinary. Mm. <laughs> you just could not get away with it in, in, in most... You, you certainly couldn't get away with it in other countries. But, you know, China is, or claims to be, a racially homogenous nation. Of course it isn't. Because, you know, um, they, they have Turkic people there in mm. Tibet. They're, obviously, those people are not Han Chinese. But, you know, that's Well, and, all, and the, that's the west of the country is that there's a lot of um, uh, folks that you couldn't be described as, couldn't be described as Han well, Chinese. Well, as I say, I mean, a lot of them are actually Turkic peoples mm. of, of various mm. descriptions. So, you know, I, it's all nonsense. It's all complete and utter nonsense. So... <laughs> Uh, you, 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 you could even say in Yunnan a lot of people are are, um, are not Han Chinese. I mean, you know, if, 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 if you want to go down the racist purity line, you have a bit of problem. But, you know, in China, the Constitution actually defines nationality by Chinese blood. Mm. I mean, mm. you know, gosh, can you imagine... It, mm. it, it, say, say it went into the American Constitution that you had to have white Anglo-Saxon blood to become a, 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 an, an American, American. citizen. Mm. I think there'd have been comments about that. I mean, even Donald Trump might perhaps think that goes a bit far. So, you know, you've got this casual racism, you've got this institutional racism, and you've got this, this whole area of denial, you know. Well, why are you criticising us? You know, this was it, was it was the new year. Everybody was having fun. Nobody was complaining, you know, why, why do these people whinge about it? You've got to draw a breath, haven't you? You really do. What I mean, will this lead to anything good or bad? I mean, is there a chance that, uh, you know, something like this will, will actually expose this? Well, um, you, you, you would think it would. I mean, this isn't the first time mm. on, on CCTV, on Chinese Central Television, you've seen the portrayal of Africans as savages and, and uh, you know, all the old horrible racist stereotypes. And there, there, there's been murmurings of, of complaint. They've been shut down, of course, on social media because social media is so thoroughly under control. And when these complaints come from abroad, what I like about it is Chinese say, well, yes, but, you know, Chinese people are disparaged in the Western media. Actually, that's true. That mm. does happen. Mm. And you know what? People complain about that too. So your defence against racism is that there's equal racism somewhere else. Is, is, oh, it never works, is, that, is it? the poorest defence mm. on earth, bar none. So uh, will this lead to anything? I, I rather doubt it because it's not new. It's recurrent. It's almost endemic, I would say. How about Hong Kong? Do you think, <coughs> do you think that that... Um, do we think that that endemic racism occurs here as well? I think there is quite an undercurrent of racism. Um, you know, I mean, Hong Kong, of course, has a very well-established an uh, Indian community, or, or mm. I should say from the subcontinent, because they're not just from India, they're from the people of Pakistani origin, etc. But, but the point is that a lot of that community is much older than, than, than the so-called indigenous community of, of, of Chinese people. But they are still subject to racism. You know, the, uh, um, everybody knows the Cantonese epithets for, for Indian people. It's just, you know, it's there. 
It's very unfortunate. It really is. Mm. I have to say that, um, you know, <clears throat> however poor things are, you know, where I come from in Britain, where racism used to be a very big factor of life, you really do get shouted down. If it you is try got, any of that, if better, you try any of that stuff, mm. it's a much more multicultural um, society than you have here. But you know, in Hong Kong, it it, it it is just it's just considered okay to make racist remarks. I mm. find that quite bizarre. Interesting stuff, as ever. Steve Vines uh, in on a Thursday morning, and we've covered a lot of great stuff uh, this morning. Um, let's see what the budget has to offer us next week. We'll speak on Thursday. And can I just say, I think Paul Chan is really good with small animals. Dum dum, dum dum. <laughs>